Hello, I'm John McFarlane, Head of Creator Engagement, and welcome to the Sea of Thieves official podcast, episode two. First off, thank you for making episode one the most successful of our podcasts ever. So yeah, thank you very much for that. It's good to hear that you enjoy listening to the insights and some of the banter that we've got going here. And who is on the banter bus this week? Well, we've got our, our regulars here. Uh, Christina McGrath, who's Head of Community. Mike Chapman, Creative Director. Joe Neat, Executive Producer. And our two guests for this week, Shelley Preston, Lead Designer, and Andrew Preston, Lead Designer. Long time no see. But before we get started, I just want to let people know that if you are listening to this, and we know there's a lot of you who listen to it on the reputable podcast app, then you might want to go over and see our faces on YouTube. So that's Thieves, youtube.com forward slash Thieves. And lastly, Christina will be uh, slinging questions over the, from the community, from the people who have been using the hashtag SOP podcast between the last time we, we showed a podcast and now. So if you do want your questions answered for the next podcast, and we'll be talking about what topics we'll be covering there closer to the end, then please use the hashtag SOP podcast on any social media. And anyway, let's go on with it. How is everybody? Pretty good. good. Yeah. Good, thank you. Yeah. Good. Who's Anything driving the banter bus, time? John? Who's driving the banter bus? Is it you? Me, yeah. Okay. The front. <laughs> 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 it's a pretty pathetic horn, but it's... we need to we need to upgrade the banter bus. I need that as a as a button on my switch thing here, my switchboard. But the banter bus beep. The whole yeah, the whole yeah. The banter bus beep. And then at any point, anyone can go, banner bus beep. And I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> community rolls their eyes at that one. Yeah. Get on board, get on board. But Andy, Shelley, we haven't seen you in ages. Where have you been? Right here. Where have you been? <laughs> no, Andy... we've, uh, we've been very busy, very busy on some very exciting stuff that we can't talk about yet, but we can't wait until we can. So, like, and how is uh, Mike, Joe, Christina? I, I think Andy's muted. Yeah, yeah I think we don't know where Andy was. He was on believe the, he's believe it or not, well. they're actually not on the same. Uh, Hello? 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 Yeah, he's back. He's oh, back. I'm he's back. back. Here he is. Hey, I'm good, thanks. I've been in my hat for the last year. The <laughs> 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 global pandemic. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, not, you're not really missed much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that does make you were you were saying there that does look like one long sofa it does. that they're both you're it's, both it's not, firm, it's not the same sofa, is it? That you're not the same sofa, but we you know have a have a theming that goes throughout the whole house. Not really, it's not that good. We just happen to have the same sofa in two different rooms. <laughs> I'm, down, I'm downstairs. Shelley's upstairs. Right. Why are you downstairs, Andy? I just fancy the West Wing, really. <laughs> <laughs> We were saying earlier that you're like the Richard and Judy of um, of Rare, aren't you? And uh, the sofa. <laughs> no, that one. Back that up even more. No, no comment. I'm not, yeah, I'm not really sure what you're saying there, Mike. So it's a good thing. Everyone loves Richard and Judy, don't they? Are you going to start? Sure. Are you going to start a book club soon? Need the cooking segment of the podcast. See if he addresses. Yeah. I've just got to collect some clothes. <laughs> are, are you straight, straight into the live unboxing. <laughs> Unless it's a bill. We won't open mm -hmm. that. 
or a or a court order, hopefully, or a, or a letter from the police. We won't open it. <laughs> it's feeding everyone. <laughs> so, well, well, Andy's away. Mike, Joe, Christina, what you been up to? I had to take my Not washing long. in just about twenty minutes ago because um, it was sunny at the start of the day, and now it's raining. And that's probably the most boring thing I've said today. So you're welcome. I saved it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe, it's not 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 a great deal. I'll be honest. Um, no, I don't not got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> You've had like what five weeks to prepare for this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, we're we're getting to that stage of development now, where a lot of the features that we've been working on for for quite some time are being polished and iterated upon and balanced. So, yeah, in the in the fog of war at the moment, like in the in the fire at the moment. Very tight in the fog, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a there's a there's a lot of work still to do. Um, but yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the things that we've been working on for some time are playing really well and you know it's got that kind of unexpected magic that we've always wanted in a sea of these features so very excited when we get to announce some of the stuff that we've been working on for, for future seasons but yeah that's all i can say really other than that same old same old we're all at home working hard um but yeah lot, lots of things that have been burning for some time are are coming to completion now so very excited to to share hopefully hopefully on the on a future podcast Nice. That was a nice evasive answer. Because that was a nice A future podcast. I, I, got, uh, got my, I got my jab at the weekend because I'm old. Oh, you got so, uh, you? Yeah, I did. Wow. Yeah. And it wiped me out for like two days. It was brutal. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Two solid days. <clears throat> yeah, two solid days. And now you're like the Hulk and can transform at any point. <laughs> That's. I haven't tried, but um, hopefully. <laughs> I won't, give it, like I won't it. give it a go for the first time on the podcast. Don't make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> that post was for you, by the way, Shelley, not for me. So I'm super <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the point. <laughs> but we did say that we were going to be covering hot topics and mm. not ones to shy away from a hot topic. The first one we're going to, we're going to go for is uh, PVP versus PVE. Mm. Um, so what is the design philosophy of Sea of Thieves, especially regarding catering to those different play styles and then potentially having a scenario where they collide on a server? And I'm going to go for Mike to start this, but then feel yeah. free to, to take over. Well, that is the podcast over because that's at least two hours worth of content. So I'll try and keep it as succinct <laughs> as possible, and I'll try, I'll try and like, I'll try and explain it from what, why that is good um, to the vision of Sea of Thieves. So, I guess at the heart of Sea of Thieves, the the core vision, the experience that we've always wanted to create is around players creating stories together. Everyone in the community has heard us say that so many times. So that's where we started before it even became a pirate experience with crews of players on ships having adventures in this world. So. When you then take that core vision that we had, and then the natural fit and the complementary fit of, okay, I'm a pirate in this world. I'm with my friends. We're kind of, we feel like we're in a crew together in how we're bonded in using the ships in our world to travel through this world and go on adventures. That's when, when you start to draw in things like pirate movies and pirate literature and all of the things that make Sea of Thieves um feel unique in terms of experiences you have when you think about those experiences that you may have read about or you've seen in movies or you've dreamt about because it's it's your dream game hopefully um 
it's not just about ships battling. It's not just about um, search for lost treasures. It's about overcoming perilous weather. It's about uneasy alliances with other crews out there in a pirate world. So all of these things speak to the variety of of how these different encounters interact in that shared world. So the design philosophy essentially is that players, we've always seen them the same as the threats that the world throws at you. Players are a key part of the difficulty of Sea of Thieves. Like players are a difficulty variable in terms of you plan out your adventures. While, of course, we want players to have adventures with their friends where they feel like it's just them in the world. They can have these rich pve encounters where they're doing tall tales they're doing treasure hunts they're exploring kind of lost ancient vaults they're doing all of those things but there's always the chance and the unease of seeing another sail on the horizon like you would expect if you were really in a pirate world so that balance between having these rich pve adventures while having the possibility of pve encounters that is what Sea of Thieves is. That is the heart of what Sea of Thieves is. So air players are at the heart of that. And the interactions between players are what drive those stories because it's different crews, different players on different ships, each following their own motivation. Some players want to go take on world events. Some players want to go find lost treasure. Some players want to play the role of the hunters, hunting other players. That fact and the, that design philosophy has driven all of these smaller decisions in Sea of Thieves in terms of how treasure is physical. It's physical because it can be part of someone's stories and it can be stolen. That's why it's Sea of Thieves. How the treasure cannot be stolen by any one person, that those rewards are shared amongst the crew. So that design philosophy has driven all of those decisions. So it, like, the fact that the world is a shared world is, is the heart of what Sea of Thieves is. Now, I totally understand why people would, would look at Sea of Thieves, especially as it's become richer over time. And almost at first glance, you perceive it like an adventure game, as in it's a, it's a, it's a very inviting game where I can explore this pirate world and have adventures with my friends. Um, but the special magic of Sea of Thieves is that you're doing all of that in a shared world. Was that as succinct yeah. as possible? Good. I recognise yeah. quite. I recognise quite a few lines as well from over the years. It's like you're in, you're involved. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a it's, sail it's, on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. That's a classic. It's that's another player. Yeah. 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 alliances between. You, you <laughs> forgot. You forgot to mention it was a swag though. Like in our original um, pitch deck, True. wasn't it? It's, it was a, a shared acronym. world adventure game. The swag. The pirate theme and shared adventure game. Yeah, there you go. That was the acronym we came up with. But there's but, going to be a, yeah. a ton of like new people who've who've come in to to see a thieves who haven't heard that that um the kind of spiel that we've given for years before because it tends to be in a lot of the kind of videos almost prior to launch or just after launch and there's a lot more players yeah. in in now. I mean, mm -hmm. we we used to talk a lot um in in the early days of see thieves on the on on our team on the development team around. Just a lot about player psychology. That no matter no matter how how you no matter how you balance kind of emergent gameplay mechanics like storms, like the wind, um, skeletons, different AI threats, you can still start learning the patterns about how frequent they're going to be and how you're going to engage with them um, when you do encounter them. Whereas nothing beats the ingenuity and the creativity of real people, and that's the element that. No matter what adventure you have, there's always that unexpected chance 
that you're going to be thrown into a story that you didn't expect. And that's the variable of real human players also playing pirate crews in that world. That that is the that's the magic of Sea of Thieves. I totally agree. Like, like I, was, I was just going to say, like you took the, took the words out of my mouth. That like when when you think back to the early days of, of when we very first started Sea of Thieves, even with a very limited amount of gameplay mechanics and features in the game, the thing that made it exciting to play every time was just the idea of being in there with different players, with different personalities, with different motivations. That was the the magic or the chain shift that basically always ensured it was fun to pick it up one more time and play it again. And then more mechanics got added, which, you know, um, grew the potential for the stories with those players. But it was always encountering other players that was the thing that made it truly special. Yeah. I think thinking back to uh, Technical Alpha, it was, <clears throat> it was like, what, three or four ships? I think it was four ships in a world. And mainly the gameplay focus was on doing simple quests and engaging with other players. Um, I mean, it was pretty stripped back. Um, and you're absolutely right, Andy. It, it was that. It was the 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 unexpected content and experiences that are driven by other players, and that is essentially that idea of players creating stories together. And I, I do think that is the reason. Like Joe talks about all these these lines that we've had over the years, and you're absolutely right. I mean, another line that we used prior to launch was this could be someone's first multiplayer game. This could change perceptions of what a multiplayer game can really be. And like. I th the reason we said that this could be someone's multiplayer game is because on the surface, it looks like a cooperative adventure game. It is a, oh, there's quests in this world. There's adventures to be had. There's an element of escapism in terms of how the game looks and the adventures it promises. But then that special extra is the fact that other players are doing the same thing as you in that shared world. So players might seek out CFEs because it's that pirate game they've always wanted to play. But it's got this special extra, which makes sure that um, it's always unexpected in terms of the, the adventures that play out. still remember like the first time we'd been building the ship and it was all so exciting, obviously, and all these all these ideas that we had for what Sea of Thieves was going to be. But the first time really, really early on where we actually got a network game like working mm. and you saw that, the line, the other sail on the horizon. And I remember when we saw it and it just your mind was it, it was so inspiring of all the possibilities of what that was going to mean even in its really early like it was just a block like coming on the horizon but it was so so exciting it is truly what makes it is really special and exciting yeah it's magic every time now even when you just go and play the game isn't it when you see another sail yeah. and you just wonder like who are they what are they doing or you yeah, see yeah. two ships battling in the distance with the explosions and the sound effects and you're just like i don't know it just blows my mind every time kind of thing but there isn't really another experience like it, I don't think. And um, uh, yeah, I, I love that. And I think it's, it goes as well to that thing that one of our, our kind of pillars was a game that was as fun to watch as it was to play. And it also plays into that, like the, the something that is unpredictable um, is, is kind of far more fun to watch. So as soon as you put other players and other motivations in there, it gets exciting. Like, and, and that's what really changes it. And it's why you see those types of games that usually are including other players at the top of a lot of the kind of watch lists on, on Twitch or, or YouTube or whatever it is. And it's because of that unpredictable nature. Yeah. I think like that point of new players have discovered Sea of Thieves and they may not have heard us have said saying all these lines before and the journey we've been on to create this experience. I do think it's important when people think about why we've created the game we have that both sides are there in, in a sense of equilibrium as much as possible. One can't exist without the other. It's not 
Sea of Thieves is just a PvP game because the thing that you're talking about, Joe, when you see a sale on the horizon, in a game like that, you know exactly what those other players want and what their intention and motivation is because that's like other multiplayer games where people are just there to, to kill you. Whereas if you see someone in Sea of Thieves, they may want to do that, but they may also be ferrying chickens. They might also be on a tall tale. They might be going to find treasure. They might not want that at all. Or they might want to do those things, but they might be up for um, cooperating with you. So I think it's all those different contexts that players can be in. Like you can't have one without the other. You need, it's, a, it's a melting pot of all these different player motivations and how players come together is what makes it unexpected. It's, I'm going to jump uh, in with a with a quick question, if that's all right, um, because you've touched on a couple of things that we've seen asked about in our community. So, Shelley, you mentioned that there have been three or four ships in kind of testing. Um, and then, you know, Mike, you've talked about trying to balance emergent events and not not knowing what other players' intentions are. How how do we go about balancing how many kind of player ships are going to be on a server? And this is a question from Megaseth2 on Twitter. Um, will there ever be more than six ships on a server? The good news is we're back to six ships, which is uh, which is good news. We 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 <laughs> we we, di we never want to take content away that we've added and experiences that we've added. Um, but part of you know running this game as a live service and giving players new experiences is we are we inevitably will push against what we can deliver performance-wise. So sometimes we need to take the time to optimize what we have um, to keep everything running smoothly. We did, unfortunately, have to make the decision to go down to five ships momentarily. Momentarily, it was several months. Um, but now we're, we, are, we are back to six ships, which is, which is what the world was, was designed for. So I'll, I'll keep this answer really short so you're not just hearing my voice. Um, but essentially, we kind of worked out this formula kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier in terms of having, having the freedom to come into this game to embark on adventures and then have the chance to encounter other player ships in the world. So we kind of settled on this number of every ship that we add needs around 12 square miles of space, it needs an outpost to cash in its treasure, it needs multiple islands to go and visit in different contexts. I'm going there for a bounty quest. I'm going there for a treasure hunt. So the, the square miles uh, of our world is directly informed by the number of ships. So we put you into a, an, an empty area. You've got enough time to go embark on adventure, and you may or may not emergently come across another ship in the world. Devil's Roar is somewhat different to that because that you never start in the Devil's Roar. The Devil's Roar was positioned as a um, like a perilous sea that you would choose to sail into. So that's kind of we treat that slightly differently. Um, but the core world, the size of that world, the amount of outposts, the amount of islands is directly related to the number of ships. So if we did increase the number of ships in that world, that would make people encounter each other a lot more, probably to an amount that we'd feel uncomfortable with. We'd have to expand the world to expand the ships. And we may do that in the future, but we have no plans to do that at the moment. We, we, it'll all become clear, but we plan to give people new experiences through a, through a slightly different way, but keeping the, keeping the equilibrium of the world as it stands at the moment. I mean, we tried that a lot, didn't we? In the early phase. Again, oh. Oh, Am I no, muted? You're, still in. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. It's, okay. it's not delayed for me because I'm in the same house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we, we tried that a bunch, didn't we? In the, um, in the prototype for Sea of Thieves, where we would build different map sizes for um, different ship um, configurations and try and get to that formula of what felt right. And that, that went through hundreds of hours of playtesting where you basically have four or five ships in quite a small confined area. And there was just 
there was just no chance to do anything other than interact it was with like the boat in late didn't we it was like yeah you were just exactly. like out there no matter where you there. turned or looked around on the horizon there was always someone there and it kind of sometimes put you in a state of unease i would say when there was never this respite for players to just go and do their own thing go and have their own adventure um you know uninterrupted by other players but it's a very tricky delicate balance that is i would say it's because it's not a moment is it if it's happening continuously if you can always see another ship then it becomes less of that like joe you said that excitement that you still get when that happens it's because of that very fine balance of how many ships there are in a world of that size it's a super interesting dynamic and i do get why as see if these grows and grows and we get more and more players come in from all around the world with all their like everyone's different motivations and and also with all of the content we've added, right, in terms mm -hmm. of there's so many different things to do. Some of them more focused around kind of bringing players together for competition, some around kind of exploring the world and interacting with the world, that, that it creates moments of conflict and it creates moments of, and it can create moments of frustration as well when people have really different motivations meet in the world. But it's kind of the best of Sea of Thieves is when that plays out in ways that you don't expect and you have an amazing multiplayer kind of encounter and experience, but then also, we totally get the kind of feedback and what people, when people ask for certain, like, oh, I'd like to play it this way or this way, I'd like to have more control here and there. And it's, and it is things that we discuss and we talk about, right? And we, we think there's lots of different ways we look at, like we look at feedback, we look at data, we look at surveys and there are, I think there's always ways that we can go and improve frustration points um like with, within the experience and i know that one of the ones that i keep bringing up in, internally that keeps coming up kind of our surveys is just around the kind of the combat loop of like when you kill a crew and then they come back and you kind of kill them again that almost that that respawn death loop and stuff like that there is there's work we need to go do there we haven't figured out exactly what and and, and how but we will we will tackle that like that will be something that we that we that makes its way up to the top of the list and we, and we tackle but the magic of encountering the players almost how do we push more people towards that and do we push more people to kind of appreciate that and understand that whilst also dealing with frustrations and and having and an open mind too, right? As to the future of Sea of Thieves, like we never want to lose what's magic about it. But you know, do should we have an open mind in terms of things we could do in the future to try and kind of open up the magic of the experience to an even broader audience and to kind of um, uh, to people of all sorts of motivations and, and how people want to play at different times? We should totally do that. But it's not as simple as going we'll just do pvp and pv servers and it'll all be fine right because that is yeah. kind of a that is just a solution that might work for a completely different types of games but it doesn't work for what sea of thieves is and what's at the heart of sea of thieves right but but there's definitely other things that we've talked about and discussed so it's a supremely nuanced discussion and one that has so many different potential options potential things to do but um but i think it's it's fair to accept that almost the best of sea of thieves can sometimes be the opposite of that, right? <laughs> which is those encounters with other players can sometimes lead to the most frustrating moments for, for, yeah. for some players. And it's like, how do we balance that so that it's more leaning towards the other direction as much as possible and, 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 and things? And how do we continue to tune and hey, look, look at that? I locked him out, but he managed to bring the board down. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> an emergent encounter the best of uh, the best of yeah. some things yeah. um but but it, it is right there's there's so much nuance i know it's like and, I, and we and I, I think we should be happy to talk about it and to kind of just share yeah. share our thoughts now i think i think yeah. that's like really important to that 
everything we've just talked about in terms of what the heart of Sea of Thieves is and what's really important about Sea of Thieves, and we're talking on a kind of more fundamental vision for the game and the mechanics and how players experience it, but also something that's been inherent in the DNA of this project from the very start has been listening to the community, building it alongside a community. And when we started, we didn't really know what that looked like because we didn't have a community, we didn't really have a game. But even right at the start, we knew it was going to be really important to like we wanted to build it alongside players we wanted to listen to their feedback so i think that in and of itself is also as much part of the heart of sea of thieves as all of the other things that we talk about so having an open mind on that stuff yeah yeah i think okay. pve versus pve certainly is a hot topic and this is the reason we're covering it in this this podcast right you know if you go onto our forums there's a mega thread that's had almost half a million views because it's something that people feel so passionately yeah. about yeah. um or just like to debate because there's some people who just can see both sides and want to make sure that those sides are kind of illuminated to to the wider community um but again this is going to be a difficult question so Sorry, but also not. It's a good one to cover. Um, Joe, I'm going to pick on you for this one. Um, so a lot of the discussion around PvP versus PvE ends up with people requesting things like PvE servers or using private servers where you can get your mates on and you know exactly what's going to happen because you've got that that kind of environment. Um, this is from your old captain on Twitter. Um, uh, when are we expecting for private servers to appear more over the horizon? Is that my old captain? Awesome. Um, hey, Captain. Good to see you again. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's it's a tough one. And like I, so so we don't have a specific plan. And that, and kind of back to my previous point, like we don't have a plan to just go. Hey, we're going to go and do private servers and allow everybody to just go spin up a private server, progress their way to Pirate Legend, play kind of all the content they want in a specific just a, a kind of setting like that. Like that isn't a plan that we have. Like we purposely our kind of custom servers experience doesn't have progression in it's actually about allowing people to create new experiences kind of new things with the kind of the tools not rules kind of approach right where people can kind of have the tools and make their own rules and, and kind of do cool things that we sort of see playing out already uh, in, in, our, in our community so there's a kind of very different purpose for that but we definitely kind of mike and i have had conversations about like just as we look to the future sea of thieves like you know how do we deal with the kind of this kind of topic as a, as, as a whole, honestly. And, and I think back to what I, I said before, I think there are some things we can go do to just try and make the sandbox shared world experience smoother as an experience, like all up, like, and the kind of that spawn capping loop is the one that comes, swings to mind for me most obviously. And it's probably one of the ones that comes through, I think most hotly, because it kind of, it kind of hits on some of that feedback around player toxicity, like is that toxic and, and things, and it's kind of, that's kind of on us because that's our loop and that's yeah. something we've implemented yeah. and it kind of it creates friction between players in a way that I think we should go we should we should go solve. Um, but then but then further forward, it's like how do we how do we kind of deal with that feedback of kind of people wanting to experience this without that threat? Is that something we want to do? Like, is there a way we can do it? But I think that the, the key thing is that we cannot compromise what is at the heart of Sea of Thieves, which is that it's a it's a swag, right? It's a shared world adventure game and. <laughs> The, the encounters with other players and the, the the threat and the risk and but also the kind of the unknown of what's going to happen when you encounter other players can lead to some of the most memorable some of the best stories and the thing that makes Sea of Thieves most unique and I think you know those stories are the ones that mean the most <coughs> to us I think right when we see them shared and, and stuff we all know we've probably all got our own examples of them so that vision and that part of our 
just everything in the DNA of Sea of Thieves will continue to remain true. But we will always be listening and thinking about how do we, you know, how do, how do we listen to that feedback? How do we react? Um, and uh, I'm sorry, like I'll, I can throw over to Mike because I know that we've talked about stuff and he's probably got some kind of maybe clearer thoughts about that. But this is all just open thinking and potential future future yeah. things that we want to do. But we'll never compromise on the heart of it. I think like that's like that's what we could always say. Yeah, I understand why it it feels like a controversial subject. I th I think I think for us it doesn't always feel that way because it, it kind of speaks to the conversations we've had over many many years developing this game because you do talk about you know we're not you know the, everything we've said about the magic of this game it, it was a it was a hypothesis that we tested in a prototype and you know it made sense on paper but we also tried things on paper tried them in the prototype and they didn't feel good we've also thought i know joe's going to jump in with an example in a second the stuff that we've we've seen really positive effects of in a small audience at rare we put it to our broader audience and it hasn't gone down so well so we are far from perfect <coughs> taking that feedback from the community i do think the core that hot topic of pvp versus pve i, act, I actually I find it quite an exciting potential because it actually speaks to how rich our game has become. That some of our players are discovering Sea of Thieves and finding something in that experience where they can kind of take or leave the player part. So if you kind of, if we get over our egos of, but that's not the game we designed. Like <laughs> if, you get over, if you get over that, I mean, it does speak to the fact that the game is rich enough and it promises that escape is, and they want to just have those adventures with their friends. I do think the whole PvE versus PvP debate is kind of, it kind of simplifies the game and it loses that core. I don't think it's ever good from a creative perspective to come at something and say, yeah, it's a game with this bit switched off. And then that's go package it up and go experience that. Like my mind goes to if you're going to take something away, you should put something back in and make it a completely different experience. I think to summarize what we're saying today, it's that the core vision of Sea of Thieves in that shared world, PvE, PvP, mixed together, creating those stories. That's the experience we put on a pedestal. That is what Sea of Thieves is. To get a T-shirt with that on, I think. Um, but that—that that is what the Thieves is. But are there no. are there potential in the future where there's new ways to play Sea of Thieves um, that still draws you back to that core experience, but there's more sense that you can curate the experience that you want, and you've got more choice over how you consume the world. At consume the world, sounds like something from a going to eat the world. Um, <laughs> how you interact with the world um i think that's that that is something that i find really exciting but it's not about just turning other players off i think something else has to fill that gap um to create that experience and i do think there will be a way um to kind of find some harmony between the two but the core of sea of these will always be that shared world it's exciting i, I just think it speaks to how rich our game has become and the stories and the lore and the world building and the types of things you can get up to. It's just a really rich world and people find different things of value to them in Sea of Thieves and that's amazing. Yeah. And with the kind of the rhythm of seasons now that we're that we're in, right? You know, we've done we've we've launched <coughs> season two with the barrel. Yeah, the barrel. Um, but uh and we've got our future seasons coming up that we're kind of working on behind the scenes. But we have this uh, rhythm of strategic planning right now where we go through kind of every few months where we kind of look ahead and we kind of look at what the, the season in the future is we'll get together with the kind of the leads on the team like like Andy and, and, and Shelley and kind of figure out what do we want to go do what are the biggest opportunities what are the biggest things that excite us and so each every every few months 
we get to surface these big kind of ideas, potentially something in this space, right, that we can go discuss, we can assess, we can kind of be like, what do we what do we want to do to tackle this kind of big bit of feedback or big this big potential opportunity? So there's always an, a new chance for us to go and discuss this and figure out when it when it could potentially fit in, when we could go tackle this and, and stuff. So um, I think like I just find that really interesting and exciting because there's always these big things we could go do to to kind of evolve evolve the the game and and I think that's what this seasonal rhythm kind of gets us to and and I've talked about it last time about you know we're in that that transition period of, of transitioning into how we really support the, the seasonal kind of updates but we're really structuring and and kind of moving our team around so that we're in the best position to kind of both tackle those. Um, Kind of just the real kind of things of the, the rhythm of running a season of really making exciting events that make the best use of, of the kind of shared world and the the, the 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 kind of opportunities we have with with other players tackling things like the the kind of um much mentioned by me but um the the kind of that, that spawn camp loop and things and, and figuring out how we do that which we know will be a controversial thing and any change we make to the core loop of sea of thieves if we go and try and change make that make improvements there we know that that's going to be something we really have to test we have to kind of get out there with our, with our insight but you know we, we're, we're in a position where we can we've set ourselves up to go tackle things like that whilst also making big sweeping shifting kind of changes to the to the to the game moving forward whether that's big systemic things or it's lots of little pieces lots of little kind of mechanics for the sandbox and stuff so i, I am so excited about the future and and just what this seasonal rhythm actually kind of gives us i think because every time we do those strategic planning sessions like we talked about before the the amount of ideas the amount of potential ways we could go um evolve sea of thieves like is yeah there's so much scope like there's just you could never finish not... this game you yeah could never, exactly you could never finish this game like yeah. andy and jelly now right there's the stuff that was in the prototype that there's a very small it's a very small list now stuff we had in our prototype that we'd love to <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> definitely right up there uh, uh, you're not a fan andy you didn't really <laughs> Come on, stuff within the prototype that we'd still love to bring across. There's stuff in our game now that we never prototyped, and there's ideas that we probably would have prototyped if we'd stayed prototyping for long enough that we'd want to still bring to the game. But it's so broad in terms of it's it's a pirate world. We can do anything a pirate can do in it. Like the, the, you're never going to finish that game. But that's why that relationship with the community is so critical, right? Because the lifeblood is having players that love their game, are passionate about their game, that want to keep coming back to it. And like we can keep making this game and as long as we have a thriving community. Yeah, I think yeah. like having worked on a game for seven years and to still be like fascinated by the potential for new features and mechanics and ways to change that game is is very unusual like i can't think of a game i've worked on like this is the longest i've worked on any game but um even games i've worked on for like two or three years usually as they're starting to round down you start getting excited about what's next and, and what, what we're going to go and build next whereas sea of thieves has got this unique formula where there's so many new ideas and layers that can just be added to it like it it just feels like this never-ending kind of part of cool ideas that we could go and do to to grow and evolve it further so before we go on i'm going to prod because mike you mentioned things that haven't made it in and i know that everyone would be raging if i didn't ask do you to be put designers on the spot right now what is something that was potentially in the prototype that didn't make it into the into the game Andy, well, go, go with mining one right there's some cool there's some cool 
don't know how how filtered am I on this? Can I say something? <laughs> no, <laughs> anything you want and like but but include the stuff as well that made it into the design bin of shame or whatever it was that you had. I can't remember them. The prototype was a great process because you basically had a very small team that was sat together and they were just all aligned perfectly and and just coming up with cool ideas and just throwing ideas into the game like so fast because we didn't have to worry about the visuals the animation all of the complex things that come with AAA game development um we could just kind of create this ugly little fun prototype that um you know we could play daily and and, and test out all these ideas so there is a there is a wealth of things that were in that prototype and like mike said like we <laughs> I had this like, email list going between like myself, Mike, Shelley, and, and Greg that was like, things I want to do before I'm finished with Sea of Thieves. And it was like, it's just this huge list. And like, I've got highlights on the ones that we've actually pulled across. And it's probably about 75, 80% of it. update around every now and then. And we There's still gems in there that I would personally love to pull across. There's still things I loved in there that we'll definitely never pull across. Um, and there were there were some clangers in there as well, like Joe said. But um, <laughs> the name, the name a couple of a couple of cool ones that I personally loved that I would love to see in the game one day. Um, selfishly, is the uh, the painting canvas, which was this item that players could equip where they could wield this this kind of blank canvas. They could hold the right trigger, and then this little quill would appear and kind of paint back and forth with this like cheap loading bar which we wouldn't put in if we did it but um <laughs> when, when it when it completed it um it basically took us like a essentially like a screenshot of whatever the player is seeing and mapped it onto that canvas and then put this like really crass gold frame around it that you could then go and mount on areas around the ship so we have like these things called mount points in the um in the captain's cabin, uh, you know, below decks. Uh, and you kind of wielded them like a map. You could like look at them yourself or you could show them to other players, like your fine artwork. Uh, you know, someone's getting eaten by a shark and instead of like coming to help you, they'd be like, you know, standing on the, um, <laughs> on, the on the plank and they'd be like painting a canvas of you, like getting eaten by a shark and then they'd hang it up in the cabin. But what was so great about that feature was boarding somebody, and this is like speaking back to what we spoke about with the fact that it's a shared world with real players but when you when you boarded somebody else's ship and you were kind of rummaging around in their ship you could see all of their paintings from all of the adventures that they'd been on and you could kind of steal their paintings and take them or you could like be like what the hell, what the hell were they doing that they were doing this that or the other that was fascinating near the end as well we also put <clears> in um that Anytime anyone took a painting canvas, it went to like a shared location and then the tavern yeah. would pull that down. So when you loaded into the tavern, you'd get two or three pictures and you didn't know who took them or what they were. It was fascinating. It was really, really cool. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was such a, like John spoke about it, but like those watchable, shareable moments that um, that make it so exciting to watch on social media platforms uh, because you just don't know what's going to happen. That 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 was that was a great mechanic like that. And then... I could talk about this for like a hundred <laughs> hours, by the way. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll give one more that I loved. Um, and, it, and it's kind of related to something we've got in there already. But you know the harpoon gun, how we have the harpoon gun? Um, when you blasted that and it, and it attached to you know any surface like it does now, you could jump on the harpoon rope and tightrope walk across it um, onto like different um, 
you know, and use it in any way that you can imagine. Basically, it was like this huge, hugely cool tool that just unlocked so much possibility for exciting kind of action action moments where you know players would be in a ship fight and then they'd they'd harpoon the the ship beside them and then they'd be tight you'd see them tight and and then you'd like be trying to cut the rope so that it snapped and then they'd fall into the ocean or if they managed to to balance and jump across and they could board you um you could use it to to board like high places on islands with a bit more precision than the cannons um if it, if it was like a real steep angle, you'd like slide down it as well, like uh, and like like grind down onto your ship, which felt really satisfying. It's just like another tool, um, another feature that was just fun and playful, and yeah, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that one day as well. But <laughs> there's so many cool things. Those ideas, though, with some such as I was going to just a bit of anecdote on the um, painting canvas because it, it is it is a, it is a good one, but. I think sometimes we're a little bit unfair to the prototype in terms of how it looked, but it felt fantastic to play. And I think we always talk about this, and it's almost just part of our culture now at Rare, but the little details and the little details that matter. And one of my favorite parts about the painting canvas was, to Andy's point, you'd, you'd take all these memories and you'd hang them up on the wall. If you sailed through a storm or you're in a ship battle, all the paintings would just... <laughs> like so lopsided, but then there's a mechanic where you could just go back through press X and straighten them up, and like, why? we spend time on that? And I guarantee every single time someone would go, go and straighten those paintings. Like that, that to me was like, yeah. even though it looked like the Playmobil set of what CSDs is now, the Lego set. It had those little touches that are still yeah. in our game. We were now. obsessive about stuff like that, like mm. that attention to detail and trying to find things that put a smile on your face, things that were like silly, playful, fun. Because um, they had a chance as well, other than being tilted, that they'd, they'd full on fall off onto the floor and you'd have to go and pick them up and put them back on as well. Just like really like cringe thing to ask an engineer to go and do. <laughs> they, just, they, they, they don't feel like they've got, you know, huge huge impact but i think that there's like a certain combination of those things that if you get them in you get them right it just it just clicks and it feels like joyful and fun to play and it actually encourages uh role play and like people to be playful within the world and it kind of puts a smile on your face it's cool. that was the lens we were always putting on was all the time we were asking ourselves like the question as a group we would always be asking like how can we make this more social is there a way to make this more connected and things like that like the fact that if you've taken your painting you can show it you can show it like with yeah. the with the trigger to other people you can hang it up you can have a sense of pride if you go through a storm it gets a bit wrecked it's all in that same kind of mind space mm -hmm. i think like yeah we did i was gonna one of the clang because it's got a bit of a story to it though but like I think even the stuff that was the stuff that we tried like we had so much fun even with the stuff that was bad right it still makes you laugh but it wasn't it was all serving that purpose of figuring out what was right for Sea of Thieves so there was nothing that was you know none of it was wasted it was all really good in figuring out so one of the things we tried early on really early on we had the, we had beds and you could you could press x to like sleep in them so you could have the sleep mechanic and we were kind of thinking about expanding that more and making it have more <laughs> I, love it. I love it i love it i wanted that so we were like that. well let's uh, why don't we do tiredness so you get tired <laughs> like you would be you would be going around doing your activities and then this like really basic kind of 
blindfold would just come down over the screen as if you'd fallen asleep. You know, like the black fadders, but they don't kind of screen. It'd be like that. Yeah. So you'd be like trying to trying to sail through a storm, and you'd just be falling asleep. And then you'd go onto the island, and everyone would be like, Does "Everyone have their nap before we go on the island." <laughs> <laughs> And like we knew it was wrong straight away, but I think it also helped us realise that like you didn't necessarily need to have a mechanical purpose to things that were there for role play. It's okay to have a bed that you can just go and like yeah. lie down in, or these days, you know, play the lie down emote. That's that's still joyful and that's still fun. It doesn't necessarily have to be a meter that you're filling up. And I think uncovering that stuff was part of our early like exploration. But yeah, falling asleep was terrible. Didn't last long as soon as we played it. it when <laughs> for me that's what was great about that experience though because good good or bad it was kind of like this fearless approach to just try things whether they were you know your reputation was on the line with like the hailstorms or whatever <laughs> <laughs> but like you, you got you got to basically uh like craft whatever whatever you thought could could add, add value and and that kind of fearless approach i think is what got us a lot of the the really interesting things that uh, make Sea of Thieves unique and different to a bunch of games that are out, um, you know, in, in the generation. But um, with, without that kind of space to be creative and to just try things good or bad, you know, win or fail, like, I, I don't think it would be the game that it's shaped up to be. Uh, so, yeah, it's very, really, very happy with how that went. Really supportive atmosphere as well. It wasn't, it was, you know, it wasn't like a raised, it might have been a bit of a raised eyebrow at the hail from Joe, but, <laughs> but gen, generally it's like we understood what we were all trying to do. And, and most of the time the fails, failures were just things that we laughed a lot about, learned from and moved on from. So that's the thing you always um, learn though. Like you learn, yeah, like yeah. if, if you put tiredness in, you're like, Oh, should we go a bit more simulation with it? You know, like, is everyone had the nap before we go to devil's ridge and dig up a chest? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 you basically you find out very quickly like yes it didn't work but what what didn't work about it and how can you avoid that in in the future yeah. things do you know what i, I mean so you're you're always learning that is I think Blake important. however, you could pick up someone who is sleeping and throw them overboard like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> That, that like we had a couple of things like that when people were in like a sleep state where they were kind of like a little bit vulnerable actually like pick, picking them up or pickpocketing them and stuff like that that was pickpocketing like, was great because you just like, open, you'd, you'd, you'd open your eyes and you'd see andy like quite far just away like, yeah. and then you'd close your eyes and open them again and he'd be there and you'd be like, <laughs> and you'd go, no i'm not pickpocketing i'm just like adjusting the painting yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then you'd open your eyes and all your stuff would be gone, or like one yeah. cool trinket would be gone. I mean, I mean, when we made certain decisions about how items were going to be used in the game, about how uh, treasure was thought about in the game, we had to go back to a bunch of those things anyway, and they never, they no longer worked within that kind of format. Like we had to make some very kind of critical decisions about um, players owning items. Like initially, no one owned the, even the items uh, in the game, so you didn't have your own compass, you didn't have your own shovel. The ship had a shovel. The ship had a uh, a compass. So the compass was like on the captain's cabin by default, and the the shovels were like on mount points or in barrels around the ship. And then you'd everyone had spawned in the server. They'd all race to their favourite item, pick it, pick it up. Well, didn't you? Yeah, Remember yeah. Chests that you would exactly, randomly yeah. give you some stuff, and you go, oh, I got the captain's cabin key, and then you'd be lording yeah. it over everyone, saying, I've got things. <laughs> but people had kind of like raced to their favourite item, pick it up, wield it, and then they wouldn't always share in the yeah. item. So you got these horrible situations where 
you're going to dig treasure and you know you know you couldn't really participate um so we made we made a decision to like you know everyone everyone has their own set of personal items that unlocks the ability for customization as a result of that which was obviously a huge a huge part of that as well but um things like pickpocketing they just couldn't survive in that world because there was nothing to pickpocket from players you couldn't you know take their little wooden compass and, and steal it and run off with it because you couldn't take it from them anymore but just back to the point about the prototype fates i think the you're right that absolutely the mindset and i know i jo joke about the hail all the time but um uh, but no no but I, I won't go on about it but um uh, but oh please do no no like i went i went i'll, I'll let it go because i know i know andy's got like yeah i was i did go about the night right but um it was the fact that I think really early on, I think the thing that really sticks in my head was when, because you're still finding your feet, right? You're still finding what the experience is. And I remember someone telling me, I can't remember who, or hearing that we were going to be like putting in firing out of cannons that you can fire yourself out of cannons. Yeah. Like before I'd played it and I was, and I, my eyebrow kind of raised, I was like, is that like on tone? I couldn't think about how it would look or something and everything. But then like, it's literally as soon as you got in a cannon and clip fire or someone fired you out and you were just rolling about laughing and it, it was like, bang, that's our tone right there. And I yeah. like, if, so it was, that whole don't worry about like writing a big design or, or doing this it's more just like let's just try it like but like on almost everything it was like let's just try and see and like so you got into that rhythm of like there wasn't really anything that was out of the question to kind right. of just like oh, to yeah. try, wasn't it that it wasn't yeah. ever really worth worrying about yeah. trying it yeah yeah so it was just but that was the best mentality out, yeah yeah yeah, putting something out was the best way of like reviewing it though as well, right? Hundred like, percent. Yeah. You could put that down in a detailed design document and say, right, we've got this new thing yeah. about players being able to load themselves in the camera. It's going to have this beautiful art yeah, arch yeah. and everything. You'd read it and just wouldn't feel inspired, or yeah. you know, you'd have these prejudged ideas about them. But yeah. trying it in person was the proof in the pudding. Yeah. No, was, Remember the first magic. video of that? It was it was Ica firing himself out of a cannon and landing perfectly in a rowboat like so far away. And he he sent me that one evening when he got it working. I was like, yes, I cannot wait to show this to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that all the on the surface simple mechanics in Sea of Thieves that can be used in all these you know multiple of ways. Like that is that is an end result of all that iteration that we did in the prototype. And it might seem like the prototype is really simple and things things get more complex in Unreal. It's actually the other way around. You start with something incredibly complex and then it almost passes through that sieve of what what delivers against those design principles as elegantly as possible. And even though some of these ideas, even now I'm getting excited hearing about them again, but even though they might work in that perfect situation of a bunch of friends alone on a server playing together, mm -hmm. they could lead to a lot of knock-on effects that we ultimately didn't want in Unreal. Mm -hmm. um, but as I like to, to to kind of wrap that bit up, the, the main thing is right all that all that magic that we talked about, like enough like enough of that has kind of passed through that culture that we had on the prototype mm -hmm. and fearless experimentation that has led to some of the beloved mechanics that we've got in CFD yeah. instruments and the way you interact with treasure and all, all of that stuff is the direct result of the prototype. Yeah, and and we will revisit some of those mechanics and get them into the main good, for sure. We will. Still you heard good. it here first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got one last question just on PvP versus PV, and it's quite, again, a quite difficult one, but Mikey sort of brought it really nicely back around to this when you talk about being on a server with with friends and i think this is something that we've kind of danced around quite a, quite a bit because we've seen the amazing applications of this and seen the not so apl amazing applications of this but as a as a team kind of where do we where do we stand on alliance servers um mm. 
do we have any plans to kind of try and reduce them? Like, how do we feel about it just as a studio? Um, I'll put that in the hands of everyone because I think probably everyone has a, um, a, an opinion on it to some extent. Yeah, I mean, it from my perspective on it, like it really, it's something we've always had our eye on and obviously aware that it's happening. You know, we see, we see the videos and um, some, of the, some of the loot halls that are clearly the result of Alliance Serves. And I think it's something that, particularly when we added the ledger system with the emissaries that really brought into focus. And it's one of those things where it's a, do we, is there a way to dedicate resource to it internally that we want to spend on something else without compromising the experience for the broader player base? I think where my perspective on it is that we are, we watch it, we see how commonplace it is. I think if it ever reached a point where it became really widespread, I think for the health of the community, we would step in. But it, all, it still feels like a very niche thing. Um, so giving players full, full freedom is what we've prioritized um, for the moment. And don't get me wrong, there's some good stuff that comes from, from the Alliance server and some of the videos you shared are really cool. Um, but it's something we've got our eye on. No plans to address immediately, but we'll, we'll keep watching that space. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because some people use it in ways that we don't quite think is is right but some people are doing it in ways that we think are awesome in terms of kind of the, like you say the, the stories the things they're having the kind of getting friends together and it's almost like we need to like observe and understand and kind of like really understand what the motivation is behind yeah. that right and what are the things they're trying to do and they don't have the tools to do it and it's like okay cool maybe we need to kind of go and figure out how to expose and open those tools up or give ways be yeah. people to have those to be able to accomplish the things they want that are really cool and fun and creative um uh but uh but also thinking about the things that we where people are playing the game in the way that we don't quite expect or understand and maybe kind of gaming commendations or kind of doing things around the progression stuff so it's, it's it is nuanced and um but you don't want to just shut down one thing but shut down everything and it's just it's an it's an interesting one so yeah but you're right it is a fairly niche thing in terms of the the grander scale of the the audience but we were we are always observing and discussing and i think what we would do is we, we rather than negatively trying to design something that compromises your experience to prevent it from happening it's like well how do you to joe's point how do you harness the motivation that players feel to use those servers and turn it into something a little bit that feels legitimate that actually expands what you can do you now the idea of We've got this rich world with all these systems that interact. Is there a way in the future we could hand that world over to people so they can interact with it with a lot more freedom? Loads of potential there. Definitely factors into some of our kind of creative um, server discussions around how we open up the world to more people. Um, but yeah, we'll get there. So we have <laughs> left the PVE PVP station at the bus station there and we're transferring over to the fun bus and we've got fun <laughs> questions coming your way. Give me a toot toot. So yeah, uh, I know Christina, you've got a bunch of uh, questions there from the community that are more in the fun category. Yeah, just got a few fun ones. Um, so, fun. Yeah, from Nick... <laughs> Who is Apple Men Dead on Twitter? Are Duke and Umbra a thing? Duke and Umbra, yeah. Of all the islands he could pick to move in on, he's got to pick the <laughs> one with Umbra on. He's like that person that sits next to you, just trying to strike up a conversation. But, um, <laughs> uh, they, they were friends, but not anymore. Oh, it's been mysterious. They were mysterious. friends, but not anymore. Mm. Not I reckon their friendship. That's sad. Yep. Yeah. Next. 
<laughs> um, we've got how high is the chance of the shrouded ghost spawning from Vin uh, Victor on Twitter? Well, we we watched a video of this at lunch, didn't we, Shelley? Like uh, this morning. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody seeing it spawn. Yeah, somebody was it? like, there was like this what? awesome Twitch video of somebody <laughs> seeing the shrouded ghost and uh, again super super excited and then um, you know uh, vanquishing it and then yeah. I think they were they were talking about the percentage on that, weren't they? Yeah. They were saying, yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, everyone saw that's right. I was like, is that right? Is that right? I remember that we put the number in uh, really, really, really low. And then I remember having a conversation with Drew and Mike, and we were like, lower, it's going lower. And we just, we pushed it, and, and it was a bit like, that's really, really low. But I can't remember what the actual number is, but it is very, 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 very yeah. low. Yeah. Not, not that there's actually a number it's just a really rare um occurrence of course just, yeah it's just a really it's rare cool. like um megalodon it's a shrouded ghost joe i don't yeah. really exactly, know yeah yeah there's no no numbers it's just really rare no well, numbers but yeah very shy and rare yeah. according <laughs> to the ocean, ocean biologist of the sea of thieves <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, if there was a chance i genuinely don't remember the number or the amount of zeros on it no but i do know how many were seen in a most in a day recently and i'm not going to say the number but it was pretty low like in a, in a single day the one? amount it was higher than one that we've seen it like across across all of the people that played in a single day, it was higher than one. And Laura, was it million. higher than was it higher than two? <laughs> <laughs> we, we could be here sometime, uh, but uh, no, no, like you know, the, the, the encounters are happening every day with the shrouded ghost out on the seas. Is yeah. uh, like multiple encounters are happening every day. So make sure that you're always looking through the spyglass when you hear that noise and, and checking. Mm -hmm. It could be you. We should put a distinct uh, sting when you see it through the spyglass. Yeah. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be cool. I'll write that one down, Mike. I'll stick that one. Stick <laughs> <laughs> that one in there. Stick that one yeah. in there. Right, it's, it's a myth. It's just a high pitched scream, basically. Yeah, it's yeah. just the voice of the pirate lord. Oh my god, you did it! You did it! It's you! <laughs> so another one we've got forget about the world event scheduler talk about the wind scheduler and how does it always know which way i want to go and that's from cold sheep on youtube oh that's a nice so way to... Know it's one way to which way i want to go and it's going against them is that the tone we should be I reading think, yes. that. Yeah, that is, yeah i was quite yeah. cheery i think it was like <laughs> <laughs> well the system works it checks what uh, maps you've got in your radial and then it kind of starts the position from where you are, then goes, yeah, yeah, southwest will block you there, yeah, yeah. Thought you were going to yeah, do that. The wind, no. the, wind, no. the wind was one of those mechanics that actually got, like Mike said, simplified from the Unity prototype. Like we did have wind strength was a thing. Uh, when when we had the Unity prototype, we had like you know gale fo force winds that are just you'd be caning it down down the sea like you know forty five knots or whatever. Um, and we had this horrible thing called the doldrums where the wind speed was like basically like you're on a flat lake with no wind basically and you were just crawling across the sea which was far worse than sailing into the wind, wind now yeah. um, <laughs> so we, we ended up simplifying it um to kind of get some stuff up and running really quickly and in unreal and never really went back to it um but i think that's probably for the best in hindsight yeah. It's always nice when the players can still take a. Where we come, at, where we came at it from was players can always take an action. You know, you can almost tack around. 
by taking almost like a counterintuitive route and then kind of coming back round as the wind changes. So part of the, the mastery is kind of using the wind. And sometimes it does kind of roll quite against you in terms of it's exactly where you want to go. But yeah, there's, there's always an action the players can take. Funny you should say that, Mike. We are currently working on an advanced tips for Sea of Thieves article. Watch out for it on the Sea of Thieves website. It'll be coming soon. Nice little plug there. Yeah, there we go. Lovely stuff. We that might wasn't a plan. That wasn't a plan. <laughs> we might mention wind. And then one final question, again from someone who, someone else who feels personally victimised by Sea of Thieves. Fantastic. Skellies with powder kegs. Why do they hate me so much? We slowed them down, didn't we? We slowed them down. Uh, yeah. We slowed, didn't we slow down yeah. the ones with the big powder kegs? The, uh, we slowed them. They used, to, they used to go a lot faster um, because they were, a, obviously, they pop up quite a lot and it's a nice little tension causer. Um, yeah, we slowed them down, didn't we? So you've still got a chance to evade them. Remember when the powder kegs didn't mm. diffuse and yeah, they were just they powder were. kegs? Yeah. Oh, and they just blow? But, yeah. Yeah, just shoot yeah. them and blow up. Yeah, but but think about it. Like if you were a skeleton and you were cursed repeatedly <laughs> to, to spawn an island holding an explosive keg, like you would try and take as many people with you as possible just to kind of spread the the, the anger and frustration that, that this is your lot, right? So I think it's what we've done to them. They're just paying it back to everyone yeah. else. We should well, we should make them laugh, like, like a high pitched laugh. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, they um, should. Yeah, like serious Sam. Change your animation. Come with me. Come with me. Like that's what they should say. Like, oh, you know. just like, <laughs> it's warm. Like, yeah, <laughs> just click that. Stick it in. I was not expecting that to go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Has that brought us to the end that's of our That's my law of reason. Yeah. Oh, that, was a... that is official law. Fun, fun questions, Christina. <laughs> Fun questions with Christina. Fun, fun questions, they were. I only ask fun ones, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Never difficult ones, you can ask everyone, promise. So please use that hashtag SOT podcast, salt podcast on any of the social media platforms that you have uh, to throw some questions across us if you want to be one of those uh, people who will now live in infamy on this podcast uh, for asking a question you could too be there one day remember uh, as well to subscribe and be notified of the podcast if you're on any of the apps like uh, youtube and yeah just that's all we've got for this this month or this six weeks uh, so thank you very much for everyone for watching and thank you to all of you i know it's a really really busy time so thanks for taking the time out of your, your busy schedules to come and come and be on here. And Andy's parcel did not arrive. Did not. I saw you the oh, go past at one point. And I was like, <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's coming. And I just... <laughs> so, okay. and which, which bus do we take home, John? Is it the uh, banter bus or the fun bus? No. <laughs> which one are we? It's the work <laughs> bus. Runs through the windows. But you should tune into Andy's social channels, Kia, on Twitter to follow up of what, what this package was, because I think we're all <laughs> excited to see what the package was. Yes. Is it? Is there a photo well, going on today? I don't know if it comes. Maybe. Um, I'm buying a new computer. I'm buying a new computer, and I'm, I've gone a bit silly with it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I bought a, I bought a Death Stranding PC case from Japan, and I'm just <laughs> taking forever to 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 arrive. But hopefully, it arrives in time. 
Yeah, so this will probably go out way after your PCs arrive. So if you scroll back, or maybe at the same time, time who knows? Like... <laughs> after it's been stuck in customs for yeah. three weeks, or arrives in bits, and I have to go and buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, thank you for joining. Thank you everybody for listening, and we will see you next time. So remember, sort podcast. Get on there, social channels, and we'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.